On this week's episode, I've chosen to talk about achievements. The dictionary defines achievement as a thing done successfully with skill, effort or courage. Those who follow me on social media, and personally too, will know I've recently graduated from university as a mature student. Becoming a mature student was not an easy decision in the first place because of the work it entailed and, at the time, I was already four years into building my business. But I appreciated that the course I intended to go for would benefit the exact same industry as my business. My reasons for doing the course were simple. Ever since I'd left school, the feeling of being considered dim or thick had followed me around all my adult life. So this, I saw, was my way of proving to myself and anyone else who needed proof that I actually did have a brain. It is also probably true that a lot of how I felt about my intelligence and education when I left school was added to the nation being in a depression and the fear of not being good enough generally and the fear of not being able to get a job and having to claim benefits. So I suspect, now that I've analysed myself over the years, that the fear of not being bright enough to pass exams, get qualifications, get into college, etc., was fuelled by what others thought about people like me that is, others in the same situation, and how I have projected that interpretation back onto myself. It is that that's been carried through my life, and we all know how good we are at killing our own self-esteem, just so when, not if, others try to do it first, we've already got there. You may have heard me talk before on education, or achieving, or even self-confidence, so it won't come as a surprise to hear that empowering those who have been in a similar position is very important to me. When it comes to creative writing, I've learned so many styles, techniques and features that showing new writers how to do this or how to achieve that has become second nature. The thing is, nobody's born knowing it all. And sometimes people's circumstances or influences prevent them from learning quickly or to the same depth as another. We all learn at different speeds too. For instance, during the last module of uni, I was fortunate enough to get a symptom of perimenopause that was actually stopping me absorbing information. My brain felt like it had shut down. I'd literally read a sentence, got to the full stop and forgot what the sentence was about. I couldn't make notes because there was nothing to make notes from. It was really awful. And even more so when the sentence contained words I needed to look up, which was often. Once I'd looked up to say two words in the sentence and applied them back to the sentence, I'd forgotten what the words meant and the sentence meant. It got me so anxious and upset because I was so near to finishing the six-year course and I really wanted it to be over so much that I sought out help from my local chemist and a GP. It was just so irritating that my age and health had put yet another obstacle in my way. Sadly, I didn't get the help I needed, but my tutor saw that I'd been struggling, so offered me a private session to find ways to help. And actually, she did help. But that's about the reasons why I applied to university. Over the years, people have spoken to me about the course. Some said they couldn't or wouldn't do it nowadays. Some said they wouldn't have the patience. Others said they'd already been and it was all in the past. Others told me that a degree wouldn't have got them anywhere because employers don't value them anymore. Most people said good on you and others said they would love to get a degree but didn't think they were bright enough. And since leaving uni, I know at least one person who has signed up. 
But this isn't about forcing university onto you, far from it. It's about achieving and achievements. I'm quite a driven person. If I want to do something or learn about something, I go ahead and learn it. Some people aren't made that way. They may not even think about learning something new because it doesn't even come into their field of vision. Recently, on one of my monthly newsletters, I wrote about a needlework project I'd been creating. This project began around 2004 and is still incomplete due to life getting in the way and lack of time or interest occasionally. However, when lockdown was well into itself, I rediscovered the project and gave it a fresh look. The quilt is a blanket that contains a dozen 12-inch squares. Each represent a TV show, a book or a movie that meant something to me up until that time. In the centre of the blanket is my interpretation of the American flag because it is the one country in the world that I love to visit and where most of the shows and movies were made. I realised that each of the squares still meant something to me so I continued with the project by way of redesigning the blanket, adding the squares to backing fabric and embroidering the borders using stitches that related to the topic. Of course, it is still incomplete, largely because it is a potentially lifelong project. Plus, I intend to create another one with more updated books, TV shows and movies too. However, one massive enormous project at a time. So why are we driven to achieve? There is a school of thought that says we are driven to achieve because we are competitive. We want to get something we haven't already got. We want to compete for something and win it. Sometimes we want to achieve something because we'll get rewarded for it. Sometimes the award is motivation for doing the thing in the first place. Having the knowledge that you achieved it is one thing, but having a certificate to frame or use the title in our CV arsenal betters our prospects. Or a medal so we can wear it at specific events is another. It's also proof that you achieved it. With me, I valued a degree as one of the highest ways to show myself and the world that I was worthy of the career that I'd gone into because I'd achieved a specific standard. Sometimes the attention surrounding the award could be the reason to work for the achievement in the first place, so maybe recognition is an important factor here too. The need for recognition is something that is in all of us, whether it is slight or a strong need. Remember when you were at school and the teacher singled you out of a class of maybe 35 other children? Maybe the teacher wanted you to be the milk monitor or take the register back to the school office. You might even have been the school's head boy or head girl or even a prefect. The achievement of reaching this role set you apart from the other children and placed value upon you. As a child, you may not have understood that part. It might just have been seen as the teacher liked you and it made you feel good to know that. It might even have pleased your parents too and that would have further increased the attention you received. Occasionally, being singled out for achieving a goal might have attracted negative attention from the other children. Some would have been jealous that you were now being valued while others may have felt that they deserved the role instead. Some children may well have only been too pleased they weren't singled out in the first place. Recognition need not be a negative thing. There are those who have the opinion that achieving something isn't worth their time. Not everyone is motivated to learn new things or develop their skills. And that's absolutely fine. Not everyone can be the same as everyone else. 
but focusing on those who are motivated in personal development, gaining recognition for the time and the effort and often sacrifices put into achieving their goal is is often an important part of the whole procedure. Of course, it takes motivation, often self-motivation too. After all, that drive doesn't just arrive. You need to find motivation to get moving and along with motivation comes excitement. Perhaps you're driven to achieve this thing because the idea of learning something new or creating something from nothing gives you a buzz. This buzz is dopamine. It's a chemical that's created inside your head. When you get an idea to do something and you instantly jump up to discover more about it, that's dopamine at work. Dopamine is what encourages you to make that decision. Some people have a lot of it and some people not so much. Personally, I think I might have a lot. When it came to my degree course, there were plenty of times that I just didn't have the energy or interest to continue, but I kept getting told that I'd come this far and I'd be so cross with myself if I didn't complete it. They were right. But there were times when the course details were just not interesting and in places really quite dull. At these times, my motivation was really low. I struggled to find the time to study and kept putting it off. Procrastination wasn't in it. However, when there was an interesting section, my motivation returned and my energy renewed. I even spent time on planning my essays and edited them within an inch of their lives. And that was all down to me being motivated and the excitement of the course details making my heart beat faster and dopamine being engaged. Perception plays a part too. My perception of a degree is that you need to be smart to achieve one. If you have a master's degree, you're even smarter And if you have a PhD, again, your smarts are even further up the scale. My smarts are such that I don't know if there's even something higher than a PhD. Smart doesn't, however, make you more superior than others, nor does it make you more intelligent in all aspects of life. You can be at the top of your game but not know how to change a light bulb. You might have had a really top-notch education, but when it comes to running a household, not so much. There are many other useful skills in life. Emotional intelligence is one, and in my opinion, the most useful skill. It enables you to love, care, and have compassion for others, something that is lacking in many corners of our world. Intelligence and education are two different things, and I discovered this a long time ago. When I received my degree results recently, I kept rereading the words over and over. It was surreal at first, as if it applied to somebody else. I told my nearest and dearest, of course, plus paid a bet that I'd lost. The bet was with my daughter, who had already calculated my result, yet I was still convinced my grade was going to be lower. When the result came in, I saw that she was right and paid up. One of the few bets I've actually been pleased to pay. She had calculated the scores of my six modules and told me it was quite simple arithmetic, really, that she'd used. Still unconvinced, we all agreed that it was just as well I hadn't done a maths degree. It's pretty safe to conclude how badly I would have done in that. Because so many people online know me via social media, plus they've heard me talking about my studies over the past six years, I've been fairly public about it. Telling the world seemed like the obvious next step. A lot of friends were going to want to know it was over and that their support had been appreciated. Seeing the letters after my name was a very big deal to me. Yet it hadn't occurred to me how much so at first. I wrote it on Twitter at first and then on Facebook and received 100% of congratulations. Part of that embarrassed me 
That's crazy, isn't it? But there are some who consider being blatant about my achievement like this, i.e. blowing my own trumpet, to be crass or even big-headed. After all, loads of people have a degree. What's so special about that? For me, this has been a very personal journey of development. From the little girl who was intellectually a late developer, I proved to myself and whoever else needed to know that I was a valuable member of the community. I was valuable to my industry and to society and worthy of my career too. And I'm proud of myself. It's worth knowing also that life-changing achievements are not for everyone. There could be a million reasons why you cannot or don't want to achieve something like that. And that's okay because we all have something to bring to the worldwide table. In everyday life, it would be ridiculous to expect life-changing wins every day. And you probably wouldn't value them quite so much. You might even come to expect them. So everyday goals and wins sound like a good way forward. Within the world of creative writing, what might that look like for you? Maybe you worked out an outline for a new story. Maybe your characters have begun to feel like real people. Maybe you've written a whole chapter in one go, or the words you repeat too often have been replaced by other words. Maybe you've edited your overwritten story by 500 words, or you've increased your word count by 500. It might be that you've completed the story you've been focusing on for months. It might be that you've made the decision to write that book. More amusing daily wins and achievements might be you wrote a post on Twitter and didn't make a typo before you clicked send. Or you made it all day without walking into a wall. You laugh, it's true. Could be you drove home without having a single traffic light stop you. That's a major win, isn't it? Or maybe you woke up after sleeping all the way through the night. Now that is an achievement. These daily wins help you pave the way for something bigger. Perhaps it's that finished book that you can finally put on your shelf admiring your name on the spine. Or it might be the fact that you created something while you were on earth. Legacy is truly important for a lot of people, including me. In a way, legacy is recognition after you've gone. I've talked about legacy several times on Writer's Block Radio Show and the Versatile Writer Podcast. If that interests you, do look them up. If you've achieved something big or had a daily win or a massive achievement, and you want to share the news, why not tell me on my Twitter feed, at SJBWrites. You could hashtag writing community too, and let more people know about it. That way we can all celebrate with you. Until next time, thank you for listening.